Well, thank you. I think it's time to get ready, too, because this is Trice Talk Mini Pod for Sunday night, September the 19th, 2021. And I'm your host, Donald Wayne. And that was Gary Wright. If you didn't recognize that, uh, Love is Alive from, uh, golly, probably 1976, maybe 77, somewhere around in that area. 76, 77. Uh, and if you're a big rock and roll fan, um, especially of the groups from that era, you may also know that Gary Wright was a member of a band called Spooky Tooth. I think that was early 70s, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he was, uh, I don't know that he was a founding member, but he was, uh, I believe, the lead singer for Spooky Tooth, or at least you can recognize him singing some of their more popular songs. Anyway, I appreciate you uh, tuning in to another episode of um, Trice Talk Mini Pod. Now, if you listened to our show last night, you know that I shared an article with you about the War for America's Soul. And it was written by uh, Michelle Quaid, which, as I said last night, I don't know whether she's uh, related to Randy Quaid or not. Not that it's even important. Or Dennis Quaid, if you will. But uh, anyway, uh, this article was in the Epic Times. And she made a lot of good points about what socialists are trying to do to destroy America today. And have been doing for a number of years. Well, tonight I want to share an excerpt from Mark Levin's new book, American Marxism, which uh, will continue on the same theme as last night. Because uh, as uh, Michelle Quaid shared some of the points of, of what Marxism is trying to do in this country or what, what its goals are, the things that it needs to change to achieve its goals, uh, Mark Levin's entire book, uh, will not only explain to you what uh, American Marxism is, what it looks like, what it's trying to do. It also uh, gives you some uh, things that we need to be doing as patriots in this country to keep that from happening, or at least carrying it out to its goal, its end so the excerpt I'm going to share with you tonight is from the first chapter of the, the book, and it's called It's Here. And I'm not going to read the entire chapter to you because that's not what I do. Uh, in fact, I've never actually used an excerpt from a book before, but uh, I just felt like since it was on the same theme as what, what I was doing last night, that I would uh, use something to kind of continue along that same line of thought. But I would just want to give you enough of uh, from this chapter of the book to kind of, because Mark explains what the appeal of Marxism is in America today. All right, let me, uh, let me shut the boys off here. Dire Straits is trying to cut in there on the background. So Mark starts out by saying, what then is the appeal of Marxism. American Marxism has adapted the language and allure of utopianism, which I wrote about at length in my book, Ameritopia. It is tyranny disguised as a desirable 
workable, and even paradisical governing ideology. There are unlimited utopian constructs, for the mind is capable of infinite fantasies. But there are common themes. The fantasies take the form of grand social plans or experiments, the impracticability and impossibility of which, in some small ways and large, lead to the individual's subjugation. Indeed, the economic and cultural agenda driven by President Joe Biden and the Democratic Party provide ample examples of this ideology and behavior at work. They include massive deficit spending, confiscatory taxation, and the regulation of all things large and small, drenched in Marxist class warfare propaganda, and a slew of executive orders claiming to end numerous historical and cultural injustices. So too does their demand for absolute one-party control over the body politic through various extra constitutional schemes and other means, as Marxism does not tolerate the competition of ideas or political parties. These efforts include changing the voting system to ensure Democrat Party control for decades, which has as its purpose the eradication, (laughs) I can't say that, eradication, if you will, of the Republican Party and political competition, attempting to eliminate the Senate filibuster rule so all manner of laws can be imposed on the country without effective deliberation or challenge, threatening to breach separation of powers and judicial independence by plotting to pack the Supreme Court with like-minded ideologues, planning to add Democrat seats to the Senate to ensure its control over that body using tens of billions in taxpayer funds to subsidize and strengthen the core parts of the Democrat Party base, such as unions and political activists, and facilitating massive illegal immigration, the purpose of which is to, among other things, alter the nation's demographics and eventually add significantly to the pro-Democrat Party voting base. These actions and designs, among others, are evidence of an autocratic, power-hungry, ideological movement that rejects political and traditional comity and seeks to permanently crush its opposition and emerge as a sole political and governmental power. The latter explains the true motivation of the obsessive and unremitting war against the candidacy of President Donald Trump and his tens of millions of supporters. The Democrat Party aligned with his surrogates and the media, academia, and the bureaucratic Leviathan colluded to discredit and cripple Trump's presidency and destroy him personally by unleashing an onslaught of slanders, conspiracy theories, criminal and congressional investigations, impeachments, and coup attempts, the like of which this nation has never experienced. The unremitting, harmonized, and ferocious blitz was aimed not only at the former president, but his followers and voters. Their purpose was to break the back in the spirit of the political opposition and clear the field of obstacles to power 
and governance. Indeed, the Democrat Party continues to pursue now private citizen Trump, having gained access to his tax returns through the offices of elected Democrat officials, including the Manhattan District Attorney, an aggressive partisan. The campaign to delegitimize and marginalize the Democrat Party's political opposition is further evidenced by Biden's reckless racial rhetoric and accusing Republicans in Georgia of instituting Jim Crow laws to prevent black citizens from voting, a contemptible lie intended to upset minorities and turn them against the Republican Party. Although weaponizing race is not new to the Democrat Party, given its historic pedigree, from supporting slavery to segregation, and Biden's vocal and active opposition to integration early in his Senate career, it is shocking to witness its grotesque rebirth as a political tool. And during the violent riots last summer and this spring, which involved looting, arson, and even murder in multiple cities across the course of several months, and where Antifa and BLM had prominent organizational roles, the Democrat Party's leadership mostly regurgitated the rhetoric and claims of the anarchist Marxist groups and rioters, including the broad condemnation of law enforcement as systemically racist, and were not only loath to denounce the violence, but incredibly declared the rioting as mostly peaceful. And their demand to defund the police later changed to slash their budgets as legitimate. In fact, a BLM BLM co-founder declared in the summer of 2020 that one of their goals is to get Trump out now. Democrat-controlled cities named streets after the group, and numerous Biden campaign staffers donated to a fund that paid the bail for the release of those who were arrested and jailed. Obviously, the Democrat Party and Biden campaign perceived an overlap or synergy of political interest and objectives with the rioters. The Democrat Party seeks to empower itself by breaching constitutional firewalls, skirting, if not eradicating, rules, traditions, and customs, adopting Marx's language of class warfare, and aligning with certain avowedly Marxist groups and ideological causes, among other things. Moreover, it is using the institutional institutionalities of the government for its political empowerment and purposes. The truth is the interest of the Democrat Party come from those of the contrary. And allegiance to the party is more important than fidelity to the country. It holds these characteristics in common with all other autocratic and communist parties throughout the world. Marxism is especially alluring to and actively supported by individuals who find Marxism's oppressor-oppressed class warfare construct appealing for several reasons. First, the fact is people want to belong to groups, including ethnic, racial, religious, and economic groups. People find identity, commonality, purpose, and even self-worth with such 
attachments. Indeed, I believe this to be the most potent of Marx's paradigms because he exploits the instinctively human and psychological emotional appeal to create passionate and even fanatical adherents and revolutionaries. This is another characteristic of American Marxism and the Democrat Party. So there he's kind of laid out the groundwork for where he's going to go with the book. And there's, um, I think it's a little less than 300 pages of different issues concerning American Marxism. And uh, I have not finished the book yet, but I, I highly recommend it. If you are someone who is concerned about the direction that the Democrats are trying to take America today. And as you read the book, you will, just like with the article that I read last night, a little light bulb should come on in your head or in your brain, if you will, and say, yeah, I see that. I mean, that's, 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 I just saw that in the news. That's going on right now. Because it's important. You know, a lot of people are asking, you know, what can we do? What are we supposed to be doing to keep these things from happening? Well, we've already seen it uh, over recent weeks that there's been uh, numerous people that are fighting back against CRT, at least as it's being taught in schools, in, in public schools across the country. Uh, a lot of parents are going to board meetings, uh, school board meetings, and uh, and speaking out, speaking up. But of course, the left is fighting back as well, and they're and they're uh, with their typical rhetoric and their typical, uh, you know, bending of the truth, if you will. Oh, we're not teaching CRT; uh, those claims are false. But then when they do admit, the ones who are brave enough, bold enough to admit that they, well, yeah, we're, we're teaching CRT-based curriculum here at our school. Then they say, well, people don't want us to teach this because uh, they're racist and they don't want us to know what racism was really like in America. So uh, there are people pushing back, but that's not enough. And, and as Mark says in his book, he gives us other, uh, a number of things that we need to be doing as Americans to uh, fight back against this onslaught of Marxism in this country. And it's odd, I think, or I found it odd, uh, I didn't realize uh, and of course, I'm older than probably most of you that are, are listening to this podcast. But and I've talked about it before. Uh, there, over our history, back in in the 20th century, especially, there have been number of times that communist, avowed communist, um, they would run for office in this country. 
There's there's been communist avowed communist or communist party affiliated candidates that have run for president of the United States before. Now, obviously, they didn't win. Uh, very few of them garnered any serious votes, but they openly ran as communist or socialist for elected office in this country and as high as the president of the United States. So it's not that they haven't just been here all these years. They have been here. And I think as you read some of the, the articles um, similar to the one I led last night, or if you read Mark Levin's book, American Marxism, you'll understand that uh, they've been very patient. Socialist, Marxist, communist, whatever you want to call them, and there is a there are some finite differences between each of those distinctions, but they've been working at it a long time. Um, Nikita Khrushchev said back in the '60s that you know America be ta- could be taken over without firing a shot, and they're going to do it from within. And they've been doing it from within in our educational system. Uh, you know, so we need to be aware, number one, of what they're doing. And then we need, number two, to get with like-minded people and come up with plans and ways that you can push back. And tell these people, you're not going to turn this country into a Marxist hellhole. You're not going to turn it into a communist country. We're not going to let it happen on our watch. So, um, anyway, I, I I may share a few other things. There, there's actually some great stuff in the in the very last chapter of the book as well as where he spends a lot of time telling us what we need to be doing to fight back. I may share some of that in uh, subsequent uh, episodes of uh, Minipod. But, um, of course, also, if you've listened to previous shows, you know that Dennis Lee and I have been uh, running a contest, or we started running a contest about a month ago, uh, giving away copies of Mark's uh, book, as the prize for the contest. And we still have a few copies to give away. Um, now I am not quite sure how we've only been doing that on the live shows and haven't quite figured out any way that we could, uh, possibly run that contest on the, uh, recorded shows that we post, but, um, we're still working on it. So if we can come up with a way that might work where you, have a chance to win a copy of the book by listening to the recorded uh, episodes, I will let you know. I'll fill you in on that. So listen to future episodes for details about that. Um, So that's all I'm going to share with you tonight. I I wanted, and I'll probably continue on that theme this week. Um, There's plenty of other stuff out there right now talking about, uh, socialism in this country. And there's many, many examples of it 
in the the news. So uh, I won't have any problem finding more material for uh, coming up episodes. All right. I want to thank you for listening and downloading to this episode tonight. If you did, if you like this or any of the trash talk family podcast, please be sure to follow us, hit that follow button. As Dennis Lee likes to say, um, I hope you'll also look for the next episode of mini pod, which should be tomorrow night, which Monday night is my normal night for doing mini pods. So I uh, hope you will join me for that. And, um, I will also uh, keep you updated when we plan on doing our next episode of Tristock, when Dennis Lee will be uh, joining me back at the microphone to do our our back and forth on Tristock. All right, so I guess I'll use the Eagles to get us out of here tonight. And uh, until I see you next time, Stay safe, everybody. Thank you.